Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, and welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'll be joined by chemistry expert Bob Lowry. We're going to go over the different types of chlorines for you here and give you the pros and cons of each type of chlorine. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Also receive priority service, enhanced rebate programs, a discount on your general liability insurance through SPA, a discount on your pool riding software through Skimmer, and an opportunity to co-brand with Leslie's on your social media, website, truck, and more. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. So I'm joined today by Bob Lowry. He is a well-known chemistry expert in the industry, and I'll just let Bob introduce himself and just give a one-minute summary, if you can. I know it's pretty, it's probably too short, but let's give a summary of his work in the industry. Okay, yes, I am a chemist, independent. I've been in the swimming pool industry for 48 years, and I've owned two chemical companies and a publishing company. Uh, during that time, I've also started a uh, pool, a training institute for pool chemistry. I've written 21 books on pool chemistry. I've given about 500 seminars. I have uh, was a CPO instructor for 21 years and uh, saw about 2,500 students. And um, I've invented 111 chemicals um, during my career. So... Uh, I'm still around. I'm still writing tech bulletins, and I'm still giving uh, classes, uh, all-day classes in pool chemistry. Yeah, that's that's awesome that you're giving so much back to the industry. One thing that I think there's a big misconception, and right now with the chlorine crisis, as they're calling it here in the states, there's a big misconception of what a chlorine product actually is. So, what makes a chlorine product chlorine? What what's the what what is the what it needs to have to be considered a chlorine product? Well, um, a chlorine product is we have to get some way to to disinfect the water and to to remove the oxidizable material in the water, which means like sweat and urine and sunblock and stuff like that. That needs to be oxidized so it doesn't need to be killed. Bacteria and algae and other microorganisms need to be killed. So we need killing and oxidation. We also need something that prevents bather-to-bather disease transmission. That means that there needs to be something in the water that if you release bacteria or algae into the water, that I don't get it. It gets killed before it gets to me. And that is what we call a residual. And so there needs to be a residual of chlorine in the water to prevent that person-to-person disease transmission. So um, there are various types of chlorine products. And they are, chlorine has to be 
essentially mixed or combined with something to be able to apply it to the pool. So there used to be, believe it or not, companies that that had uh, cylinders of gas, just like cylinders of oxygen and air, and they would come around and literally shoot the chlorine gas into your pool. And it was pure chlorine, pure chlorine gas as an element, and it did the same thing as any other chlorine product when you put it in the water, just didn't have anything with it. But in order to make it safer and convenient, chlorine gets combined with various things. We can make a liquid of it, and it's called sodium hypochlorite. We can make a solid from it and, and combine it with calcium or lithium. We can also combine it with uh, cyanuric acid and chlorinate the cyanuric acid with either two or three molecules of chlorine. So there's six kinds of chlorine that are used in the pool industry. And gas is probably off the table now. Uh, it's just too dangerous to have around. Um, it used to be great for large pools, uh, large commercial pools. They could, they could use the chlorine gas and it was a cost savings thing. Um, now we have uh, six kinds of chlorine, and they're broken down into inorganic chlorine and organic chlorine. And the inorganic chlorine is liquid uh, chlorine, sodium hypochlorite, calcium hypochlorite, and lithium hypochlorite are inorganic. And organic chlorines are sodium dichlor and trichlor, the tablets of chlorine. And those are the organic chlorines, and they are the ones that are responsible for building up cyanuric acid or stabilizer in the pool, which we can talk about later too. But anyway, too much stabilizer or cyanuric acid in the pool is not a good thing. Yeah, so the, you know, I get this question all the time, is why do we even need a sanitizer? Because when you go to the lake or the beach, there's no chlorine in the water, and you're fine swimming in there. I mean, there's some obvious answers here, but I'd like to hear from you. Why is it that we actually need to sanitize the pools that we're swimming in? Well, the the reason is that that a a lake or the ocean or whatever is a whole ecosystem, and so it is its own system. When something dies in the water, uh, other organisms uh, consume it, and it decomposes, and um, there's a huge dilution factor. Whereas in a swimming pool, it's a trapped body of water. We can infect other people with the bacteria that's on our bodies. So we need to, to kill that bacteria so that uh, we don't transmit any disease to someone else. It is important, and there are, there are three things we want it to do. We want it to kill organisms. We want it to oxidize uh, organic material that's in the water, and we want it to supply a lasting, measurable residual. And and this is important when when uh, you are considering uh, adding an alternative or even switching from chlorine to something else. You still need to do those three things. You need to be aware that things like Ozone are stronger than chlorine. They kill more things. They kill it faster. They're better. They, there's no uh, disinfection byproducts. It reverts to oxygen and so on. But ozone stays in the water about three minutes. 
So at the end of three minutes, if the ozonator stops, at the end of three minutes, there's zero protection for bathers. And so it is important that you are able to supply that shield that protects you from getting a disease in the water. It's really important. Yeah, so let's go back to the different types of chlorine you mentioned at the beginning. And we'll start with the gas chlorine. Back in the 90s, it was, we'll go over the pros and cons of each type. And you mentioned the gas chlorine. Now, back in the 90s, it was really popular here in California. You would see the trucks all over the place right. servicing it. And it would just give you a great chlorine level instantly, basically. And yeah. that's kind of gone by the wayside. So we could probably just forget that one because it's not really common. Although I've heard guys in Arizona said they saw some gas chlorine trucks recently over there in Arizona. So that's interesting that there's still some operating there. But I haven't seen one in California for a couple of years now. But as far as the alternative to that, let's start with liquid chlorine. And then what are the pros and cons of liquid chlorine? Well, the advantage of liquid chlorine is that when you pour it in the pool, all of it is available right now. So that it doesn't have to dissolve. It doesn't take until tomorrow to bring the chlorine level up. It brings the chlorine level up the second you pour it in the pool. So if you need to superchlorinate or you need to hyperchlorinate or you need a big amount of chlorine in the pool, you can get it in there right now. It does have an advantage uh, that way. The advantage or disadvantage is that it does not contain cyanuric acid. So it doesn't contain zyanuric acid, so it doesn't build up. And I, of course, see that as an advantage because too much cyanuric acid is bad. And if you're adding some cyanuric acid, every time you add some chlorine, that can build up and, and cause a, a few problems. It, you do have the possibility of it leaking, uh, but you also have... The same problem with a container of dry product. It, it may gas off, or you may have noticed that when you open a container of tablets of chlorine, there's a, a, a huge blast of, of uh, gas that, that runs out of the container when you open it, and that's dangerous too. But um, liquid chlorine, is it has a high pH as, as a concentrated liquid, and if you get it on you or your clothes, it will take the color out of your clothes. It won't probably bother you so much if you get some on you and rinse it off. Um, it will defat your skin a little bit, but um, it'll make your fingers smell for a, a day or two. But um, aside from that, that's not a problem. It does uh, decompose. So uh, if you try to buy a lot of it and keep it for a long period of time, you may not have uh, full strength material by the time you use it. And we usually say that about 30 or 45 days is about it. It doesn't go to zero. It drops down to about probably five or 6% and then stays there. But it's made at at 14 or 15, and when you get it, it's 12, 12.5%. So it's pretty strong when you get it. It just decomposes uh, over time. And what about CalHypo? That's something that's really popular in California, Texas, and Florida. CalHypo is, is one of the oldest dry chlorine products. I think it dates back into the, 
the the late 1800s when they started making uh, CalHypo. It is calcium and chlorine, and it contains generally about 65% available chlorine. Uh, so it has a good amount of chlorine in it. It does contain calcium, and for some uh, places where calcium, uh, where water, there's water hardness and the calcium level is high, for each 10 parts per million of chlorine that you add by CalHypo, you will add about seven parts per million of calcium hardness. So the hardness is gonna increase. CalHypo is dangerous, more dangerous than the other types of chlorine products that are on the market. And not all of the CalHypo are dangerous. Some of the newer products that they made for uh, feeders and and uh, to be placed in the skimmers, um, they're not as dangerous. But uh, CalHypo's standard 65% is a, a class three oxidizer and it will start a fire or an explosion if you miss it, mix it with practically anything, including a small amount of water will even cause a reaction. You need a large amount of water. If you mix CalHypo with anything, it will cause a fire. We are going to see a problem with CalHypo because of the trichlor shortage. Trichlor and CalHypo mixed together cause an explosion and then a fire. And I'm serious about an explosion. If you mix the two together, it will explode. Fortunately, it doesn't explode right away. It takes about five minutes for the reaction to go to completion. Many people have trichlor feeders out there, either floaters or feeders uh, that are they're plumbed in line. And if there's any remnants of trichlor still in there, and you try to put CalHypo tabs in it, it will explode um, for sure. So you need to be aware of that. You may get calls about it. I, When I was at Leslie's, I got calls every summer from somebody complaining that their chlorine, their ducky in the pool exploded. Um, and, and it was because they mixed the two products together. And it's, it's a little bit laughable, but it is serious. You can get hurt and, and cause permanent injury from those explosions. So um, need to be aware of that. Other than that, CalHypo mostly has been used as a shock rather than a, a source of chlorine uh, for regular chlorination, mostly because you either have to add it as a powder or you have to have a special uh, a dispenser or feeder for it. And some of the dispensers in the past haven't been engineered very well and they had problems with the feeders, so they didn't have a good reputation. It is, it is good chlorine. It'll last for a long time. You can store it for actually years and it will still be okay. Yeah, so the CalHypo tablets, are, they've been around for a while, but I think the price point made them not attractive to the service techs out there. But with yeah. trichlor tablets at, you know, $160 for 50 pounds, the CalHypo tablets are actually more affordable now, which is kind of ironic. Yes. Uh, I started using them, and I really like the fact that they dissolve slowly. I use the uh, 
I know we don't like mentioning brands, but the Segura has these slow dissolving uh-huh. hypo tablets and they're really well made. You know, one of the things that I guess I'll bring up here with you is that the Segura rep said that CalHypo, using CalHypo over Trichlor makes the water clearer or gives it more clarity, more sparkle. Is there any truth to that? I, I don't think so. Maybe because the CalHypo, when it dissolves, is is um, it's all chlorine. It's instant. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas when trichlor dissolves, it's still attached to the cyanuric acid and has to has to release. So maybe because it's a little bit faster, maybe it is. But chlorine is chlorine. Understand this. The, the cool thing about chemicals is that when we use the word chlorine, chlorine is only one thing. It's not it's not degrees of it. It's not yours is better, mine's better. There's none of that. Chlorine is chlorine. So once you get chlorine in water, it's all the same thing. There's no difference. It's just a vehicle to get the chlorine into the pool. Yeah, it makes sense. Now, one one chlorine type that's not popular in California is lithium um, hypochlorite. Uh, I don't know if it's popular in other areas of the country, um, but we don't see too much of it here. It, it used to be popular, but um, in the last 10 years or so, they started needing, needing lithium for batteries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they started making the lithium batteries, and they could, sell, they could sell the lithium, make more money selling the lithium for batteries than they could to, to, to use the lithium for, uh, for making chlorine. So... It eventually just got too expensive, and I haven't actually heard of of lithium hypochlorite in about I don't know eight or ten years. But mm-hmm. um, Leslie's actually used to carry it, and it was good for a shock and stuff because it didn't have it didn't have cyanuric acid in it, it didn't have calcium in it, so nothing built up in the pool. It was a, mm-hmm. a pretty good thing, but it just got priced out of the market. Yeah, and you uh, can charge your cell phone with the water too, right? Yeah. Well, and I guess if you were if you were bipolar, it was a good thing to swim in it. <laughs> I think uh, lithium is one of the things that people with uh, multiple personality problems uh, have to take lithium. So maybe put some lithium in their pool, let them swim. So let's talk about the two chemicals that have the cyanuric acid. And I get asked this a lot. You know, can I buy dichlor and trichlor without the cyanuric acid in it, and you really can't because that's what it is, right? Yeah, they they use the vehicle to get the chlorine to hang on to the molecule. They replace a, or they don't replace, I'm sorry, they, the nitrogen holds on to the chlorine, and there's three places on the molecule uh, for that, that are potential for uh, accepting a chlorine molecule, I mean a chlorine atom. And so if we if we put one sodium and two chlorines on it, it's called sodium dichlor. If we put all three places have chlorine, we call it trichlor. The vehicle for accepting the chlorine and releasing the chlorine into the water is cyanuric acid. And so you can't buy it without the cyanuric acid. There is uh, a new product on the market that... Um, only one company has. And again, we don't generally like to talk about 
uh, specific brands and companies, but when there's only one company selling it, you can't really avoid it. But some of you are familiar with the spa tablets that they use for for getting bromine into the pool, uh, into the spa. And the spa tabs are bromochlorodimethylhydantoin, DMH, dimethylhydantoin. And as I said, it's bromochloro when it's a spa tablet, but they are now making dichlorodimethylhydantoin two molecules of chlorine and a dimethylhydantoin. And so um, there's no bromine in it. And of course, there's no cyanuric acid in it. It is a, a product that is currently being sold by King Technology as their Froggies product. I don't know if you need their dispenser or whatever, but it is a, a product that doesn't have cyanuric acid in it doesn't have the downside of calhypo or or lithium or whatever so but it probably is a little more expensive because it's new and there's only one company selling it and so on and i get asked well can't they make another kind of product and the answer is yes except that epa has to approve every new pesticide and if you combine chlorine with anything else you have to get a new registration. The new registration requires that you do testing on algae and fish and all kinds of stuff. And even one of the tests takes 24 months to do hmm. the test. And it's over generations of, of testing. At the moment, my estimate is that to come out with a new chlorine product would probably take three to five years and about $10 million. And I've heard that the EPA approval is anywhere from a quarter of a million to half a million um, just for that process alone, besides developing the, the new chemical. It, it's And you don't know if EPA is going to approve it either, so that's another. That's right. And, yeah. and they have environmental impact studies for the place you make it. And there's all kinds of rules and regulations. And, and a new product is who's going to spend $10 million just to be out there and, and sell against six products that are already on the market? So we're stuck with trichlor, in other words, and we're stuck with the yeah, fact that... Pretty much has- stuck with the chemicals we have, yeah. unless this new uh, DMH product comes, comes online and they start making a lot of that. I don't know. Yeah, so the drawback with the dichlor and trichlor in its current form is it uses the cyanuric acid as the, the base. And so when you're adding that to the pool, you're raising the cyanuric acid level. Yeah, one of the good ways to remember it is this. Um, trichlor, for each 10 parts per million of chlorine that you put into the pool using trichlor, you put in six parts per million of cyanuric acid. I further tell people that in a typical swimming pool, you use about one part per million of chlorine a day. And if you then, and that's due to sunlight and environmental things. And then you, if you add people to it, your actual consumption of chlorine is about 10 parts per million of chlorine per week. If you use trichlor as the only source of chlorine, your cyanuric acid is going to build up by six parts per million per week or 25 parts per million a month. Dichlor, for each 10 parts per million of, 
of chlorine you add to the pool, you add nine parts per million of cyanuric acid. Too much cyanuric acid is a bad thing. And you can learn more about the courses that Bob Lowry offers at his website, pcti.online. You can also read his tech bulletins there as well and subscribe to those bulletins. And if you're interested in other podcasts that I recorded with Bob Lowry, you can go to my website, swimmingprolearning.com, and on the banner, there's a podcast icon. Click on that, and then in the search box when you're on the podcast website, just type in Bob Lowry, and all the podcasts that I recorded with Bob Lowry will appear in that website for you, so you can go through and see the other episodes. We mentioned the fact that we did a recording on high cyanuric acid and that how, how that affects your pool chemistry in a negative way. And you can definitely find that podcast there by just searching for that or just searching uh, any podcast that I talk about, uh, CYA or cyanuric acid uh, for that. And definitely, I think if you're in the industry and you want to enhance your business, check out my coaching program at poolguycoaching.com. A lot of great benefits for joining there, including a discount on your general liability insurance. Again, you can learn more at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. A great for your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Yeah! Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash poolguy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash poolguy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.